dear listeners, and welcome to the Real Mom Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Shanita, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us today. If you're a mom, you already know that motherhood is one of the most incredible journeys anyone can embark on. But let's be honest, it's not always the picture-perfect storybook experience we see on social media or on TV. Motherhood is messy, challenging, beautiful, all at once. That's why I've created this podcast, a safe space for real moms like us to come together and share our unfiltered, honest stories about the roller coaster ride that is motherhood. No filters, no sugarcoating, just real, raw, and relatable experiences. Every episode, we'll dive into the joys and struggles of motherhood from those sleepless nights that feel like an eternity to the heart-melting moments that make it all worthwhile. We'll cover everything from pregnancy and childbirth to toddler tantrums, teen angst, and everything in between. Whether you've birthed your child, fostered your child, a bonus mom, whatever the case may be, this is the right place for you. Our goal is simple, to create a community where you can laugh, cry, nod your head in agreement as you listen to the stories of moms who've been there and done that. We'll also be featuring some amazing guest moms who will share their wisdom, advice, and tips to make your motherhood journey a little bit smoother. So whether you're a new mom struggling to figure it all out or a seasoned pro with years of experience, you're in the right place. This podcast is for every mom who's ever felt overwhelmed, underestimated, or just plain exhausted. And now let's dive into our very first episode where we'll each share our own personal motherhood stories. Get ready for tears, laughter, and a whole lot of I've been there too moments. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And remember, you are not alone. We're all in this together because together we are real moms sharing real experiences. So let's get started. Welcome to the Real Moms Experience. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, find a cozy spot, and let's dive in. And stay tuned for some honest, heartfelt conversations about motherhood. We can't wait to share this incredible journey with you. Y'all, it's time to introduce our special guests for today's episode. Joining us on the podcast are two amazing, beautiful women. We have Miss Jasmine, who is the mother of a beautiful son named Akia, and we have Miss Alex, who is the mother of a beautiful daughter named Rain. They bring so much knowledge, so much experience, so many beautiful stories. Can't wait to dive deep into the topic of navigating the first year, the joys and challenges of new motherhood with them. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Miss Jasmine and Miss Alex. Y'all, thank you so much for being here with us today. We truly are excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited that you guys actually, you know, responded and said that, you know, you wanted to be a part of this. And I just loved your enthusiasm. I I think um, having conversations with real moms about real experiences is something that doesn't happen a lot. And I feel like a lot of topics are kind of shied away from or people try to sugarcoat it. So what I don't want us to do is sugarcoat anything. Um, And I feel like you two are people who will not sugarcoat anything, um, which is why when I was asked, like, is there any prep beforehand? That's the reason why I said there's no uh, beforehand prep, because it's going to be like a real conversation. It's just going to be like us moms sitting around talking. If we had wine, if we had mimosas, one day this may grow and I'll be able to do this in person, which would be lovely. Um, 
Yes. But with that being said, I don't want you guys to be nervous. <laughs> be comfortable and share a little bit about your journey into motherhood, if you could. My name is Alexandria. Um, I am a working mom of a 15, almost 16-month-old baby girl. And um, I got pregnant in September 2021. I gave birth in April 2022. Um, and luckily, my job gave us uh, four months of maternity leave, which was phenomenal, which was That's so awesome. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and paid. So, hey, I'm not complaining there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did take an additional four weeks just because I felt like I was not ready to go back um, at, at that time. So I took an additional four weeks. I didn't go back to work until November, um, which that worked out for me great. Um, but yeah, yeah, she is 15 months old, almost 16 months old. And so we're just kind of navigating this journey, honestly, one day at a time. So yeah. <laughs> That's that's all you can do. Um, there there is no all the books in the world does not teach you about well for me they didn't teach me much about motherhood. Uh, oh my mm-hmm. word. Well <laughs> there's no book for me. No, book. no. Hey yo, what up, what up, what up? No, just... <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> so I'm Jasmine. I am a late to the game new mom. Um <laughs> I'm pushing 40. <laughs> I have a I have a three major. Um I got pregnant in 2019 and had my very impatient and early little boy. Um we, we just wanted to meet you. That's all man, he is impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had him at 30 in uh June of 2020, which you know, 2020 was an experience within itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being a brand new mom after dealing with a high-risk pregnancy and also being away from every person I'd ever known because I was all the way in Texas and everyone I know is in Georgia or somewhere else on the East Coast. It was it was a wild ride. And um, I wouldn't trade it for anything because that, that hectic chaos really set the tone. Like, there's nothing that can top that. Everything has been pretty much smooth ever since. Um. I'm Shanita, and I, be- Ooh, when did I, become- I became a mom in 2014. Um, I got pregnant in October of 2013, and I had my son at 38 yeah. weeks. Um, so he was 38 weeks and nine pounds, and I feel like he decided to come early because I was arguing with his doctor about an induction that I knew I was not going to do. So I feel like Tristan just said, hey, I'm going to keep my mama from fighting with this doctor. So let me just come the week before. (laughs) He literally came the Friday before I was supposed to go in for the induction. Um, Wow. Well, I went into into active labor the Friday before I had him that Saturday morning. So I feel like that. I tell people that story like he just, he knew we was going to have a back and forth and he was trying Mm -hmm. to save me from that. Um, (laughs) No, but yes, so, that doctor from that. Basically, uh, <laughs> so crazy enough, the doctor that delivered Tristan right after I delivered Tristan, he ended up leaving Augusta and moving back to his hometown in somewhere in the Midwest. You know, that's that's a story for another time because it was a very, I had a very, uh, what I would call a traumatic birth with my son. Nine years later, had another traumatic birth <laughs> um, oh, no. with my daughter. So I then got pregnant again in September of last year. Had 
my daughter at not 38 weeks, but 37 days and 37 weeks and six days. So she was the day <laughs> before we hit 38 weeks. Yeah. We tried to do the home birth, um, but I had a procedure done right before I went into labor, which put her in distress. So um, that's why I came up with the, there were some things that was told to me or I read that was one way. And then the actual procedure was a different procedure. Mm. So I now have two lovely children. Um, Tristan is my wild child. He loves to be all up under me. He loves to be like, if he was here right now, he would be sitting right next to me. And my daughter is no different. Um, <laughs> I, I pretty much spoil my kid. And but that's I feel okay. Like, I feel like, you know, what? what's the harm in giving them a little extra love? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. So with your first year of motherhood, right? Um, we know that it's full of different and unique experiences are there any challenges that you encountered during your first year um that you would like to share you know as soon as you asked that question one thing came to mind immediately and um it, it's still pretty active so for me um when, when i got pregnant with my daughter her name is rain when i got pregnant with rain um it was it was at a time in my life that I felt like I myself was actually in transition and I felt like I was shifting. Mm -hmm. um, I had just purchased my own town home. Um, I had just moved out of my grandmother's house. Um, I, I graduated college. And so I was, you know, just getting into my career, what I wanted to do and trying to figure out who I was as a person, especially with me just now being out on my own. Um, so I met her dad and uh, me and her dad had only been together for about 10, 11 months before I got pregnant. And so um, needless to say, you know, we were new in getting to know each other, figure out each other's, you know, needs and wants and um, boundaries and things like that. And so um, when I got pregnant, you know, all that changes, you know, <laughs> honestly, you know, make a long story short for for me, the biggest challenge through this first year is, um, you, you know, I, I mourned my old life. You know, wow. I mourned. Yeah. And I say mourn because that's what it feels like. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was just coming into who I was. And anybody who knows me knows that I used to talk about my independence all the time. You know, <laughs> one, <laughs> for real, girl, one thing I used to joke about was like, hey, if I wanted to get up and go to the store right now at 12 midnight, then I could. I don't have to pack up no diaper bag. I don't have to worry about <laughs> nobody washing a baby. And I used to do that just to do it. And so now... I have this little human that depends on me for um, essentially everything. And so now I can't do that. You know, I can't do some of the things that I used to do. I, it's not about my wants and my needs anymore. That's right. what I feel like, or that's what I felt like. I, I mourned my independence. Um, I miss having that time to myself. Um, it, it was just challenging just to really get a grip on Okay, it's not, you know, it's not your time. It's baby time, essentially. When baby want right. to eat, she has to eat. When baby needs her diaper change, she needs her diaper change. When baby want to sleep. And, you know, you really have to kind of change your schedule and maneuver around baby schedule because mm -hmm. you have to be mindful of naps and feeding times. And you almost have to, like, literally have a schedule for a baby. So, um you know, that was just a, the biggest challenge amongst other things. Um, but just, you know, missing my old life and just having to get over that. Also, just figuring out what my triggers were. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I went through postpartum um, pretty, pretty roughly, pretty, it was serious, y'all. Like, if you were a mom, you know what postpartum feels like. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, girl, I went it's through rough. it. <laughs> it is. It is. And I think it was really just the emotional changes, the hormonal changes, the physical changes. Yeah. Um, you know, and so just trying to learn how to navigate this new life with being a mom. And then after going back to work, it's like, okay, this is another stressor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that was honestly just the biggest change. It's in my old life, you know, missing it just being my time and, and you know, just missing being able to do some of the things that I really wanted to do. I was going to say, like, I felt the same way that you did because this was such a joyous thing, you know, to... Right to bring a new life into the world, not to be all, you know, like philosophical or all extra, but it's like, first of all, it was an amazing thing mm-hmm. that like, I made a person, I made a whole person. <laughs> like, yeah. like that is so magical and he's here and he's alive and he's healthy. And, <laughs> and then it was like, Oh, but damn, I can't just get up and go. I can't, right. I can't, if I wanted to, at for whatever reason hop on the flight and just go somewhere real quick for a weekend there is no doing that there is no you know like you said go to the store at midnight just because you can it's like you know what I'm kind of the munchies I want to go grab something no because now I've got to make sure all his stuff is in his bag I've got to make sure make sure that stroller is in the car and do I remember how to put the, the, the car seat in the stroller because I always look crazy <laughs> all of this like good stress but it's still stress and then you've got the guilt if you overthink it about yes. feeling sad that you've lost a little bit of your freedom so it's like just this overall rush and I think that kind of like maybe feeds into making postpartum depression worse like it's not just the amazing hormonal imbalance that just rush of change it's not just that it's also like just having that all of those thoughts at one time Mm -hmm. you know you'd never want to take a happy moment for granted right at the same time it's like but damn you know I don't I don't want a pat on the back or you're doing great or you're whatever like I kind of just want my freedom Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And then feeling bad because you want that freedom. Yeah. They don't talk about, like, it's hard going from just being you. And then I know, Alex, you were talking about going from you and your, you and her dad were together for a short period of time. And then y'all had to learn each other. So Mm -hmm. you had to really learn him, learn this new baby. And it's like, oh, what about me? And Mm -hmm. You know who, yeah. who's worried about me and things like that, and I'll even say even with having a new baby, like having an older kid, you know he's he's able to do on his own, and so I didn't have to really change my schedule as much. I could now that he's nine, I could, for instance, if I need to run to the store real quick, okay, he got his cell phone, call me if you need this type thing. Now I can't just run to the store, like, or <laughs> you know, I have to stay up at two o'clock in the morning. Or whatever the case may be, like it, it is hard, and I think a lot of people. What I don't like, and what I see a lot of times in certain mom groups, they they like just like you said, they give you, oh, you're doing great, it's okay, it's great, you're cool. But if a mom is really saying, hey, I'm sad, or hey, I got this going on, believe her in that moment because right. she's really telling you, hey, I need help. Hey, right. hey, come get this baby for a little bit so I can probably take a nap. 
or mm-hmm. I can try to sleep through the night or whatever the case may be. Um, I know one of my good friends, she's a postpartum doula, and she'll go and sit with the baby in the middle of the night while the mom's asleep. Is and it too late to hire her now? <laughs> no, you can you can have a postpartum doula at any time. Um, yeah. But she'll like prep her meals in the middle of the night. Like she'll cook, she'll wa- uh, wash clothes and do everything like in the middle of the night while the mom sleeps. And I'm just like, that's that's beautiful. I think what people don't always realize, even when you have uh, the dad in the house, it still takes a lot from from mom and from being a mom because. What if they're not mm-hmm. getting up in the middle of the night? What if they're sleeping through the baby sleeping? I mean, waking mm-hmm. up or, you know, they can get up and go. So sometimes we look at them like, you do whatever you want to do. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. Um, right, and, right. Yeah. You want to go play basketball or you want to go to the Go know, to the whatever. gym. Go to the gym. Even go to the gym. I have to work out with my child. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> which is no problem. I still love it because I love being close to her. But it's some things that like I was used to doing by myself that I have to do with a baby, or I have to wrap her and wear her when I just want to go to Target. I can't. Mm. I can't just go to Target and either if I am going to Target, I'm pulling a stroller out, I'm pulling a carrier out, or I'm already yeah. having her wrap on where I can get her out of her seat and we can go to Target. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, she's going to cry in Target. So I can't just right. walk around in Target and have a great dandy time spending right. everybody's money. I have to be quick, go in, know what I'm getting, mm-hmm. and come back out. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's so true. I don't, it's hard. I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> oh, no, I remember yeah. once I went to um, I went to Target. My baby loves Target. And I don't know what it is about Target, <laughs> but I feel like it's all Target. kids, just, it's just Target, right? <laughs> Target, so... Um, I, I live maybe two minutes from Target. And so um, I think at this time I was probably like four months postpartum. And um, so she was still pretty young. And I wanted to go to Target so bad. I forget what, exactly what I needed. Honestly, I felt like I just wanted to get out the house. It was probably nothing. Target yeah. Playground. Sometimes we just need to get, yes. we just need to breathe outside air. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to go do something. Go, I'm going to take baby. We're going to have a, a, a nice little short outing. And so, y'all, I get to Target, and we're in the parking lot, and she's getting a little fussy. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I pick her up, if I hold her, she's fine. So I get the the car seat. I put it in the buggy. We're going in Target. And she starts, I mean, like, going ham. And I was just like, what is wrong, girl? Like, what is going on? You're out the house. Like, I'm holding her at this point, and she is just crying up a storm. I think she was hungry. And so, y'all, even I wasn't even in Target a minute or two. I literally just turned around left Target, got back in my car. And as soon as I got in the car, y'all, I started bawling, crying. I don't even know what was wrong in that moment, but I just felt, I kind of felt like I was, I, I was being a little held back. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I, and, and I felt bad for feeling like that. You know, I, and I think so all these emotions all at one point, because I'm not being able to do what I want to do. The baby is crying. I don't know exactly what's wrong right now. And then I just spend all this time trying to get you ready, get out the house. As soon as we get here, we can't even do what, what we were trying to accomplish. Right. So I, I cried in the car and I just went back home. Y'all. I, I, I just, I just had to go back home. I have a very similar story. We had, to, me and Kari had to go back home after target the other day because I put her in her seat and I, well, I left her in her car seat and I had just fed her. So I'm like, she's fine. We'll be good. We go in there. I was taking some newborn diapers back because she couldn't fit them. And I was like, okay, we're going to get a couple other things while we're in here. 
I had to turn around uh, so <laughs> swiftly. We returned it. I tried to walk past to go to the baby section. This lady saw that I was struggling because I decided to go to Target without Aaron. And I was struggling um, because I was holding something big in my hand and pushing the stroller at the same time mm-hmm. uh, while holding her because she was crying. Um, so uh, she was like, you need help? I was like, trying to be super mom. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I got right. We're just going to run and try to get this really quickly, y'all. She screamed that target down. And so I just had to put whatever it is I was trying to get. I just put it somewhere and we walked out and had to get back in the car. And I'm just like, it's hard because when they're babies and they're not talking, you don't know what's wrong. And like I have cried before because I'm like, baby, what's wrong? Like, I don't know. Mommy doesn't know what you need or what you want or whatever it is that can soothe you because you're not latching. You're not, um, you know, you're not going to sleep. Your, your butt's not dirty. What is it? What do you need? And, you know, I don't think a lot of people know, like, it takes a toll on you when the baby is crying and you don't know what's going on. Like, because mm-hmm. we want to nurture to protect them. We want to make sure they're okay. And so when they're not, mm-hmm. it hurts a lot. It's, it's crazy. But Jasmine, you know my experience of when I didn't have as much help. So to have help now is just, it's a lot for me to ask for help, but it's beautiful. <laughs> so d- does it make you feel guilty? to so you you have I've watched you with Tristan with Tristan for quite some time mm-hmm. and I never saw you struggle so you set a great example <laughs> for me you know like what I mean by struggle is it looked like you had it under control you know he was polite um he was you know nothing he did was inappropriate for his age so if he had a moment where he was pissed off it was understandable because of his age. You know, it wasn't like he's 10 years old and throwing a tantrum, you know? So I just, I saw you parent him and him respect you. And it just was like, you know, there's already this, this relationship between you and your child that's filled with a certain level of respect, but you also know his needs. You can anticipate what he needs and nobody can do it like you. You just, you get up, you do it. And you don't even think about it like a second time. So then now you have Kari and Kari's dad is more hands-on. Does it make you feel sometimes like even though you get tired of doing it yourself, you still don't really want to relinquish those tasks because you feel like you should be doing it yourself? So in the beginning, yes. Going to count, we go to couples counseling and I also go to individual counseling. Our couples counselor asked us in the beginning, like while I was pregnant, I think I was like seven or eight months, what are some tasks that you want him to do? Those are his tasks. You let mm-hmm. go, you don't say anything, let him do it however he wants to do it. Um, those are his tasks. And so, in when I and it took me a minute to get that. But in the beginning, when I first had it, it was more so, okay, let me just latch her. Because, you know, I breastfeed. So it was like, quick, let me just latch her. Let me just, just give her to me. She's crying. I know how to I know how to calm her down. But as she's gotten older, and she's only two months, but I've, I've, I'm not the best at it. And he probably doesn't think I'm the best at it. But I feel myself letting go a little bit more and saying, hey, okay, if he wants to feed her a certain way, okay, whatever. I, yeah, I know best and I can comfort her, but it's it's kind of 
it's it's kind of on bad on the on the other side because it's like he's dad. He also he mm-hmm. also knows I can comfort her. This this is my child too. I'm not just some random person. But right. I, I feel like sometimes we feel like, yeah, you're dad. You still you still not mom though. <laughs> you're still <laughs> you still can't you do it like me. Right. You and I tell I just told him that yes, I said, I grew these fingers. These are my fingers. These <laughs> fingers. I grew them. I did that. And he's like, but I gave the baby, and he's like, it's my ninety nine point nine percent. I said, but I grew these organs, okay? So we we go back and forth because, and we joke about it, but it, it is serious because, like you said, with Tristan, even with him, I have to relinquish sometimes because it was just me and him, and not a lot of people know what it was like raising him and even what you saying I didn't struggle girl I struggled from sun up to sundown but you uh, made I it felt- look so easy and I'm so I, upset yeah. I'm actually very upset with you because <laughs> <laughs> had, I known, had I known look false advertisement <laughs> this was, it was the bait and switch for your ass I, I cry I still cry with him now being a nine year old I cry and say like Am I a bad mom? Like, I ask myself all the time, am I a bad Like, when he gets, when he does certain things, I'm like, I try to give him love and I try to show him the right way. Why is he doing stuff like this? And it just mm-hmm. blows my mind. And I'll sit and cry, like, what am I doing wrong as a mom? So, even with having a nine-year-old, I still cry. Um, and mm-hmm. say, like, how can I be a better, better mother? Or why is he, you know, my problem is I look on social media and see all these parents who have, seemingly great kids and mm-hmm. not saying that Tristan's not great but um these kids who don't get into issues like disciplinary issues or whatever and I'm like <laughs> you know it just seems like mm-hmm. a cakewalk or a walk in a park and I just sit there and mm-hmm. cry like why can't I have the walk yeah in the park? and see that oh. is the ultimate false advertising <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. ultimate you know because and I I say from my own experience <clears throat> You know, I post things with the kill all the time mm-hmm. for my friends and my family who don't live in my area to see so that they still get an opportunity to watch him grow up, you know, see right. his milestones, see his personality and get to know him since they can't physically mm-hmm. be here. But if I posted all of those bad times, and I mean, when I say bad times, I don't mean, you know, like the worst. I'm just saying, like, if if I say, pick up your cup of juice, it's sitting sideways on the floor, and he says no and kicks the cup, you don't see that, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's something small, and that's something that will, you know, if he does that 16 times a day, I'm only going to post the picture of him picking up the cup and saying, look at this big boy, he picked up his own cup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I know I know that I do that, which means that other people have to be doing the same thing. And this curated documentation of of raising a child is just, it's, it's a complete smoke and mirrors type thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's not, that's not, that's not real. You know, I saw people posting, you know, over the years, <clears throat> They're newborns and they're all snuggled up. And and let me also say that my experience throughout that first year was just different because the whole world was shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did I not, and I, I was, like I said, I was living in Texas, of course. So it was just me and Maxwell and the baby. That was it. There was, you know, no family. So how did that happen? Like, how no did you friends. feel? 
like emotionally with all of that. Right. Like, how, oh my god. How did that attack I was, your mental? I was I was horrible. I was horrible. <laughs> I I also struggled with postpartum depression. Um let, let me just okay, so it was a high-risk pregnancy. <clears throat> My blood pressure was through the roof, and I'd never uh-huh. had blood pressure issues before. Sorry. Everything just kind of came to a head at 32 weeks and two days. I was not prepared for anything that was going to happen that next day. I still feel like I can barely remember anything mm-hmm. that happened. And then he was in the hospital for six, or in the NICU for six weeks. <clears throat> Wow. So those first six weeks was also some false advertising, you know, because for six weeks, somebody else was taking care of my kid. I mean, I was at the hospital for, you know, like 16 to 18 hours out the day. And I only came home to take a shower and sleep. And then first thing in the morning, I go Mm -hmm. to the naked. Right. Right. But I was sleeping very well at night. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd wake up and I would just grab my phone and I would go into the little hospital app and I would go, you know, look at the video camera and I would see him and I'd see like, oh, they're changing his diaper or, oh, he's not in his little bassinet. So they must be feeding him, you know, and then I'd get I'd get there before shift change. So I'd know what the nurse did the night before. Then, you know, I'd see the doctor talk about whatever they want to talk about while they were doing their rounds and then be there throughout the whole next shift. But then, like I said, go home and get some real sleep. And then he came home and I was like, well, shit, now I've got to get up throughout the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got to, and I couldn't breastfeed. Um, My body just wouldn't let me. And then the, the, the stress of not being able to just compounded and it messed with my brain because then I felt, you know, inadequate. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do the one thing. I, I couldn't carry him to term. I failed. I can't feed him. I mm. And I'm hormonal and I'm by myself and all of these people are sick and I live on the border of another country and I'm doing this by myself. Like, yeah, mm. my husband was home when he wasn't at work, but I also was just in this completely brand new space here, you know, right. and I stopped, I stopped being Jasmine and now I'm just a, you know, a kills mom. Yeah. So those feelings of like, I just want to kind of get in my car and drive up into the mountains and then maybe not drive back. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll just stay there or maybe I'll just disappear. Mm-hmm. And that was, such an overwhelming <clears throat> way to live for I'd say maybe the whole first six months wow. because you know it was just it was so lonely and so scary mm-hmm. and because I didn't have even just another woman there it was like I don't know what I'm doing I just mm-hmm. hope I can keep him alive today and we can make it to the next day right and at the end of every day, it was like, "Whoo! All right, we did it. We made <laughs> Tomorrow, it. We made it. <laughs> he's fed. He's alive. We're good. Well, right. We would just high five that night. He'd be like, "All right, tomorrow's new day. We did it." You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> but that experience, it it was, it like I said, it 
it was so intense and so chaotic that it kind of paved the way. Nothing else can be as chaotic as that. I don't think, I don't think there's any way to ever prepare for being a mom other than to just be thrown in it. Right. And it's beautiful to have your village, to have other women, to have that. I do, I am, you know, a little bit envious of y'all that have it. (laughs) But at the same time, because it was so intense, it put me in this place where I realized, like, I'm not just a kills mom. Like, I'm a fucking woman. Like, do you yeah. know what I just did? Do you right. know what you're capable of? Do you right. know what we just survived? Right. And that's exactly. at the time. Like, what else is there for me to be stressed out about going forward when mm-hmm. I've, you know, survived this particular experience? You know what I mean? A kill shit, shit was so bad one time that I threw up on him. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh good. And then we both in the room crying because I'm crying because I'm disgusted at myself, but I'm also crying <laughs> at a clean up throw up, which is then making me gag, even though gag. It's home. <laughs> on top of that, I also gotta clean up this mud butt this baby has. Like <laughs> people like we can laugh about it it's now. So funny. And laughter now, but when you're yep. in it. Oh, I was, oh, I was, <laughs> I was over it, and then I remember saying to Maxwell, like, I threw up on our kid, and like, <laughs> you know, like I feel awful. Like, what mother does that? <laughs> a real mom. This one, oh. this, me, a real, a real mom. <laughs> that that that's no worse than I. I left. Okay, this. When I talk about it now, it sounds bad, but I I left Tristan in his poop. Um, he, <laughs> I had finally put. And I put him down for a nap with his diaper on. And when I went to wake, like, go in there and wake him up, I was like, I thought I heard him laughing and playing. I went in there. And there was his diaper on the floor, clean, nothing on the diaper. But he had poop, green, smeared all over the bed, oh, all no, over see. his crib, all over his face, all over his body. Nothing on the diaper. Oh, and, God. Uh, I walked in and I looked at him and I walked back out and closed the door. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Um, I needed a moment. And um, yeah, and then I left him in there. <laughs> I did. I had, I had to go back in there because I was a single mom. I had to go back in there and I had to handle that. But um, man, I left him in there for a minute because I just contemplated, contemplated life like, what is life? What is this? <laughs> Just need a minute. <laughs> I did. Um, it was horrible. It was horrible. That, that that newborn poop is nothing to to play with. Um, it is nothing to play with. But you know what? I did that. And I did the hell out of that. <laughs> right. You know? I'm so a boss-ass mom. <laughs> exactly. So when you say I'm a woman, like, no, girl, I am superwoman. I did super. the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. And my child is live and well, and he's thriving. So it, it gives you, like, a sense of confidence in a sense, you know? It does. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I hope that, minus the, the trauma. <laughs> right, right. Other, I hope that other women other mothers period because you don't have to have given birth to be a mom but I hope that right, other, right. other mothers also feel that same sense of empowerment because mm-hmm. 
and Shanita can can be my you know she could she can attest to this. I had some real significant roadblocks, but those roadblocks, some of them, I put them there myself because I didn't think that I could actually get past mm. them and move yeah. on to something else. I didn't think that I had worked hard enough or suffered enough to move on to the next thing and allow myself to be successful in certain aspects. But then I have this child. <clears throat> we make it. <laughs> You're successful with raising him? And it was like, well, well, shit, well, what do I do now? <laughs> Start removing some of those roadblocks. Start start you know giving in to my own desires to better myself and not just to better myself for my kid but to better myself for me because I deserve better yeah yeah like when I say that you know that first year set the tone it really did because I've accomplished more in just these last three years than I accomplished in the 10 years before that yeah yeah. And it, it was because I realized, like, man, I'm kind of limitless. Don't you feel that way? Do you feel yeah. limitless? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You gain something else to use going forward. I miss, genuinely, I miss going out and having drinks and, I don't know, doing hood rat stuff with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the same respect, I don't drink anymore because it doesn't, Give me that that same, doesn't do what it did to me before. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that after a certain time, my knees are gonna be like, baby, put that brace on and go home. <laughs> and I thought it was just me. Like I literally stopped drinking after a while because it's, it's just it doesn't do it for me anymore. Like right. like my kids do for me, and not to cut you off, Justin, but me and Trista, we go out doing hood rat stuff. Like when we went to Dallas, we brunched. He had, his, he had his drink. I had mine. We toast. We get the boomerang. Like so, these are my little broke best broke best friends. We're gonna travel. I'm still able to be free with them. Well, yeah. I'm still able to be free, but I, I just have them along with me. So it's mm-hmm. I can still go out. We just gonna go to brunch and then go home. I feel like people have the conception of I can't do anything you need anything. you still can it's it just can. Gonna be like jasmine said, it just looks different yeah it, it just looks different. different i have yeah. a diaper. i don't i don't just have a, a little diaper bag okay you're gonna get this diaper bag and you're gonna we're gonna be at the beach we went to the beach this past weekend i had a stroller i still went to the beach my child is still exactly. traveling i'm still traveling we just you know our package and that's the going. joy in it you you that's the joy in it. you were still able to go to the beach you were still able right. to celebrate Right. Things She's just change. The they change. They don't end. You know, and mm-hmm. I like that. That first year, I just felt like I completely lost myself. I did yeah. not know who I was anymore because the Jasmine that existed before June 9th of 2020 did not exist on June 10th of 2020. She was gone. Yeah. And now it's like, mm, no, no, I still, I can't just get up and go. But my get up and go just, well, let me not say, I can't just get up. It just looks different. It looks right, different. Yeah. requires just a little bit more work, just a little bit more, a little bit more time. Right. And now I have a sidekick. Now I have someone to do it with. Like we go into Target, you're no longer in that place where you scream every time we go into Target. And 
now we can talk about stuff and look at things together and we can whatever it just changes it evolves into something as motherhood journey continues you know it's just so much happens in the first year and like I said you don't know how to navigate it until you've been in the situation so Mm -hmm. everything seems so foreign so dead end everything Mm -hmm. is a switch night and day I I went from not being a mom to now now I that's all I am yeah and And it happened so quick (laughs) oh my god it happened so fast and it's not true you're not just a mom you're just adding that extra title onto the person you already were you know Mm -hmm. I and I say that out loud because I had to say it to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm more than just somebody's mom. Mm-hmm. That gave me my independence back. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm Akil's mom, but I'm Jasmine. And I was Jasmine yeah. for 35 years before he came along. And I'm always going to be Jasmine. I might just be a little tweaked and Mm -hmm. and updated and you know whatever and the same goes for you you know like even for you Shanita you're not the same person you were when you had just Tristan now that car is here it's like you're it's not that you're no longer Shanita or that you're now Shanita mom of two you just an upgraded version of yourself (laughs) I like that you know (laughs) it's very it's very unfair how nobody told me that you know, it's like, oh, you're a mom now. Watch out, you know, like that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you spend all that time until you you know, you know, until that glass breaks and you realize that you're more than just someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have no choice but to live in that sadness of mourning who you who you were. She's not gone. She just looks different and she'll be, mm-hmm. maybe she won't be dressed the same. <laughs> maybe she won't drink the same, but she's not gone. Yeah. You know, I wish, <clears throat> I wish someone had told me that. And I wish that other moms knew that already. So yeah. that we didn't spend so much time mm-hmm. in that, in that space. Sometimes it's not black and white. Sometimes there's some gray area. And most times there's not any rainbows in these moments. But you can handle it. You've got a support system. This is how you're going to do when you get to the other side. And as you're going through that journey, I'll be here to tell you how it is. I'll be kind, but I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to love you, but I'm also going to push you. I'm going to nurture you and give you everything that you need so that you learn how to take care of yourself. That's, that is exactly what motherhood is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We just don't know it until we know it. Right. Until you go through it. Go through it. I have uh, an older uncle who used to say, don't trust a person who will give you the shirt off their back. Trust the person who will give you all the tools you need to get your own shirt. And I used to be like, that sounds harsh. Like, if I don't have my own shirt and you teach me (laughs) to get one, like, can you just give me one first? But I know what he means. What he means is, like, if I hand you everything, you're never going to know how to resolve it or get it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. So there's, but there's some balance because we have no choice 
but that first year to give the shirts off of our back, to give everything that we have to our babies. Yeah. But then after that, we have all the tools that we need to teach them. how. We said some things that were really real. More, more of these conversations need to happen. More, more people need to get together um, and really talk about motherhood really is. How hard it really is, but how joyous it really is. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate you guys sharing and sharing the experiences that you had it's beautiful it's it's very beautiful yeah. but it's very scary yeah. it's beautiful and scary all in the same all in the same and to hear other moms go through some similar things each of your stories were similar i've had similar points in them so it's it, it honestly yeah it me um in a sense because i am still going through that first year but I appreciate it. I really do. And I think having this open dialect about, you know, the untold truths of motherhood, it gives you a certain level of comfort because it lets you know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, going through that first year, going through postpartum, it's like you feel alone in that moment, but having talked to other moms, it's like, okay, I'm not alone. You know, this is perfectly normal the way I'm feeling. And thanks for thinking highly enough of us to want us to talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. But thank you so much for asking me to come on. I certainly do appreciate it. This conversation was definitely valuable.